Formula Access. Today, we have our first American Formula One guest on the show. Today, we have Shagul Ershad of Aston Martin F1. He is the head of North America for the team, and he is tasked with partnerships, sponsorships, fan engagement, and all things related to North America, Canada, the U.S., South America. You guys, he he is really, really smart. I bonded with him immediately over just the commercial conversation of what he does, uh, what is happening in Formula One in the U.S. You guys enjoy. Aston Martin is by far one of the... Uh, I don't want to say most aggressive, uh, but most interested in you as a fan and connecting with you as an audience and allowing you into the team, into the sport and into its people so that you have a better understanding and education of the sport and the brand itself. You guys, all of our guests from this team are very special and please, please welcome uh, Shagul. Formula Access. I have an extremely exciting guest today. I told you I would bring the people of motorsports to your doorstep. And today, this is our first U.S. guest. This, this guest is firmly committed to the U.S. He's from Aston Martin. We have Shergul Arshad from Aston Martin F1. He is new to his role. He responded to me immediately on LinkedIn. He was very cordial, very friendly. We've been working a minute to get this set up. We finally got our schedules connected. Shagul, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'm excited to get the conversation going. I follow LinkedIn very, very closely. LinkedIn has been like my primary sales tool probably when LinkedIn was LinkedIn before it was Microsoft. And I just, I rely so heavily on that tool, not only in my own company, but for this as well. And I've got to say, you're the first title I've ever seen in, in the sport where you are specifically geared stateside here. And I, I am excited about that. And I immediately had to reach out to you when I did that. I'm so glad you responded. Um, but what, just to educate the audience, because mm -hmm. they probably are not as obsessive about Formula One and LinkedIn as I am, what, what exactly do you do? <laughs> so I'm technically the head of North America. Uh, and like you said, it's a new role. Uh, I think obviously the passion, the growth that the U.S. and Canadian audience have gone through um, almost as a necessary byproduct is having... Uh, more people focus on that region. Um, the types of things I'll be doing um, range from bringing in new partners, new sponsorships, um, growing the brand and doing some of the partnership activations on the ground. Um, it could be anything from um, getting more retail penetration for our merchandise to parties and events um, and, and kind of marketing events in, in, on the ground. But uh, I think, you know, there's there's um, a lot of entrepreneurial effort uh, involved, as you were kind of mentioning before in the preamble. I think we've got a lot of uh, uh, green space ahead, and we, we're excited about that because we think that there's, we're sort of a day one, even though it's season four uh, of uh, Drive to Survive, as they say, but, uh, you know, we, we think that we're, um, we're new. We, we only started, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, even though it's a heritage brand that's been around um, the, one of the most premium brands of any sort, not just in the car space. Um, we've started just hiring frenzy with regards to top talent, whether it's uh, uh, drivers, uh, technicians, uh, obviously engineers. Um, we'd like to thank the sales uh, and, and marketing team as well. Um, but uh, we're trying to, kind of bring in the best and, and brightest and 
we're a very technology focused uh, company um, and and the, the US is full of technology minded uh, companies as well as premium brands and and sort of a marketer's heaven um, and obviously with the Las Vegas race coming into play next year, the timing of my role is probably tethered to uh, the timing of the race being announced. That, uh, that race is going to be pretty crazy. I'm not a huge fan of Vegas in general, but just the, the, the ability to go to a night race with that kind of energy, I'm really, really excited about. And, uh, you know, I've, I just went to my actual first race. So 20 year fan, both my wife and I have followed this sport very, very closely. And we went to Coda this year and, you know, I was okay. like, I got, I mean, I've got a crazy experience here at home. You know, why, why would I go to a race and, and watch a corner, you know, just in one corner. And I, it was such an incredible experience to you know, to do that, but a track like that has so many vantage points of the track. When you're at mm -hmm. one spot, you can see so many parts of it, but the, the speed at which they slow down and accelerate or speed through a, a section of turns is unbelievable. The engines aren't what they used to be, but you can hear the wind coming off of the the aerodynamic elements like to me mind blown i've already committed to every race next year i just said I, I have to be a part of this and experience this in person and so it's uh it's wild you mentioned a very entrepreneurial aspect you know i've i've written actually really heavily on you know red bull you know red bull being kind of an independent maverick team you know they were the kind of the first of their kind and when when lawrence kind of stepped on to the scene with this this vision his execution was actually quite brilliant i think coming from an entrepreneur or somebody that's built business before to just set the table i i i write about the business of formula one and mm -hmm. you know and so i talk about like if I was in this position, why would, why would these decisions be happening? And when the concept of Aston Martin's Formula One team came about, you know, I wrote pretty heavily about, you know, driver strategy, who would I be bringing in as drivers? And I've like, I've hit the nail on the head. And, and just, you know, Earlier, I was like, you know, if Vettel retires, you know, Alonzo would be the perfect choice, you know, mm -hmm. because he fits he fits yeah, yeah. that strategy, that 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 racing heritage that Formula One has, and and Aston Martin specifically. And then the news came out, and I was like, huh. "Yeah, I nailed should, it. Should have <laughs> bet on it. <laughs> should have." Well, you, you know, I, I think that that's part of the magic and strategy that we've got going on here. Um, you know, he's he's been a winner. Uh, he's a hugely popular athlete uh over 10 million social media followers um charm uh personality very global icon so you know aston martin obviously the us is a critical market but but really we're looking at global branding and global uh growth so having an icon uh, uh of the grid um, being part of our next phase, and, and we just obviously had uh, an icon where last race coming up with Sebastian Vettel. So, you know, I think I think when when you step into the shoes of recruiting sponsors and partnerships and and having big names um, is always a huge plus. Um, you know, to, to to kind of bring the immediate tangible benefits to those partners. Yeah, I I I feel like. You can come into the sport and and create a facade very easily. And I think that people and drivers sniff that out pretty, pretty well. And to be able to, at such an early stage, bring in a driver like Seb, you know, and then to to take on a driver like Fernando says a lot about 
the vision cast within the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and again, I go back to like execution because it, I believe in, it's not what you say, it's what you do. And while he says a lot of this stuff, he actually does it all. And, and I like, I just think about his five-year championship goal. Like, is that still like embedded in the DNA of the team? Like, is everybody still fighting for that, that objective? Yeah. I mean, look, obviously I'm uh, on the commercial and and sort of sales and marketing side of the fence. And um, we all want to see championships and glory and podiums. Um, You know, where I can speak to, you know, very clearly is, the motivation of everyone I've been um, lucky enough to meet so far and everyone's, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning, super impressive talent pool of people um, really marching forward to take a position, sort of this premium position where it's not just the Aston Martin brand, it's the caliber of people, but also doing things in a advanced way. So we are now uh, investing uh, 200 million pounds into a new, uh, completely new facility out at, at Silverstone, um, which is you know going to include a new wind tunnel and uh, opportunities for loads of types of partners, including many tech partners, to get involved. Um, that's that's not something you see in in any of the other teams going on. So, you know, I think a lot of teams are sitting back and looking at, wow, you know, the, these guys are they're not just new just for the sake of being on the grid but they're investing in it they're hiring top talent hiring top technicians and engineers um you know super excited i think for the car next year again can't speak to it uh i don't think they want me driving the car ryan uh um, they they, they've made much better hires in that department but uh you know i think i think the excitement I feel, you know, one, I, I've spent uh, probably the last decade or so working in soccer and, and global football. I actually first came in touch with uh, Jeff Slack, who's our uh, managing director, and he's my boss. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was working for AS Roma. Um, the fact is, you know, this is the, that, that exciting period. And I think largely driven by the recent four years, um, drive to survive, and then yeah, Miami followed in succession by Las Vegas and and the many opportunities that is uh, that is now kind of um, uh, presented to us in the U.S. You guys are really really strategic about your partners. I I I gain I gain the sense that every logo on the car and every partner associated or attached to partnerships is is intentional it's not you know oh you have a check we'll take it oh you have a check we'll take it it's very very intentional and yeah i I think that's a good observation it's a very good observation i mean look there's a few teams i won't you know downplay or talk down they will take sort of the any check approach um you know, we have a premium brand and, a, and, a, and an image um, where we know that a brand that gets associated with ours um, is going to receive a, a premium brand bump, an awareness bump. Um, in fact, almost all of our existing partners attribute that as one of the key factors, the why Aston Martin Formula One versus another team. Uh, it's obviously the investment that's happening in the technology, but also that immediate association with Aston Martin, you know, it's everything from England to James Bond to, you know, the best kick-ass cars you've ever seen. And, and everyone kind of dreams of having one or being a part of it. So um, if you're Peroni beer and you're associated with Aston Martin, that's an excellent premium uh, brand lift. Um, and we've got, like you said, a, a series of partners that, uh, uh, Cognizant uh, is another one that I think has attributed a lot of ROI success to bringing in new uh, large consulting partners based on um, the ability to entertain them at at, at uh, races. You know, I had I had Kate Dalton on yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and you know, we we were talking about even even 
as far as like TikTok being a partner. Like you guys have the most polished TikTok, honestly, of like most any other brand, but certainly on the paddock. And, you know, and I, you even see it there. Like it, it's, everything is so intentional. Does that make your job difficult and like prospecting? You know, it, I wouldn't necessarily say it makes it difficult. It makes it uh, much more focused. And um, I think, you know, we talked a little bit earlier in the beginning, you know, NASCAR, I think NASCAR is an excellent property that's had years of success. And in many ways, you know, F1 is, is um, entering the market uh, in the US at least in a, in a big way now uh, where they've had many, many years. But you know, NASCAR is also associated much more kind of blue collar, uh, potentially kind of uh, Southern Midwestern and uh, maybe a lot of brands um, you know, that, that aren't necessarily Aston Martin, right? Um, what's happened with, with Formula One is, you know, Drive to Survive has attracted folks like yourself. It's a lot of college-educated couples that sat around during the pandemic, um, didn't know what to watch, and next thing you know, they got hooked on Drive to Survive. Word of mouth starts mm -hmm. to spread. You know, it's the most downloaded show on Netflix, or most watched. I think one in six uh, people in America pretty much has been watching it. Um, has led to 10x growth in ratings on. Uh, Formula One races for ESPN, and uh, and now you know there's there's loads of brands that are potentially even crossovers that that want to do both. Uh, you know, ultimately, you know, I firmly believe that a sports fan is a sports fan is a sports fan, and will will gravitate towards the best events. Um, so there's no uh, rational reason why somebody would necessarily shut off one to watch the other, but. One of the great things F1 has going for it too is we are on at different times, right? So we we aren't sort of every uh, Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. Um, you know, we've got morning races, we've got night races. We're also global as a property. Um, so I think the fan kind of enjoys that aspect of it. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the, the series has certainly helped amplify that tremendously. When you, when you think of that growth in the U.S. and North America, too, I mean, I, I, I would argue to say that any market Formula One has served or is serving is growing. Um, obviously, growing from like virtually nothing to a lot is, mm -hmm. is more than you might see in, in, in the U.K. But, you know, as, as you come onto this North American role, like what, what is the first order of business for you? and like your objective and execution. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, very clearly, I think um, this, is, uh, this is a really exciting time to bring in new sponsors and new partners, specifically because of the growth in, in new races and specifically in America, but also there's so many innovative things we can do with a partner. Depending on what your business objectives are, we can help you accomplish them. And that's where the entrepreneurial spirit kicks in. You know, if it's, you know, driving more consumers for a Peroni beer, we're doing lots of activation events at, uh, at the races. If it's uh, consulting partners for Cognizant, obviously it's a lot of the entertainment options that that, that provides. For Sentinel One, we were part of the, the IPO for the company. We brought the car and the drivers to the IPO, and obviously that helped in the initial sizzle. And I think, you know, obviously there's each each partner's got a, a different set of objectives. You know, one thing Americans I think are staggered by when I say this in in a lot of my meetings I'm having so far, this really is like 24 different Super Bowls. So the Super Bowl, all of us who grew up, uh, you know, I grew up in Boston. I'm fortunate to have six Super Bowl rings as a Patriots fan, but uh, um, the, the the you know that is sort of the premium be all end all with, but globally gets about 110 million viewers. The average F1 race gets 70 million viewers, and the top ones get more than Super Bowl numbers. If you add up all 24, you're talking about 1.55 billion 
TV viewers. So just think about that for a quick second. And then it's not just the Super Bowl happening 24 times all in you know, one city in Arizona. We're talking about truly global. So there's a Super Bowl in Singapore and a Super Bowl happening in Abu Dhabi this weekend. And then there's one in Melbourne, Australia and Monaco. So the opportunity, if you're a global brand, a global company, to not just focus things around one, let's say Olympics happening once every four years or a World Cup. This is the only, the only thing actually in any sport that is the magnitude as far as TV audience, but also global happening event-wise. You know, Austin, Texas had 440,000 people, including yourself uh, at the race. Um, you know, those types of numbers happening in all these different cities around the world provides a global company this uh, excellent opportunity to get, you know, local people in Tokyo to come to the Tokyo Japan race and the folks coming uh, to, to the uh, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix maybe uh, before going to the World Cup. I mean, there's lots of different reasons why different regions are going to be, you know, capitalizing on the momentum. And and I think brands in America who maybe viewed F1 in the past as this European thing on early in the morning, you know, we're, we're NASCAR, um, are kind of waking up to like, wow, these are the fastest cars, way more technology investments, truly global, this can be a real platform for accelerating our, our, our brand messages. Yeah. I got to say, you know, I, I travel quite a bit and run in many, many circles around the country, you know, and, and formula one is beginning to dominate more and more and more of our conversations, you know, and I, I, I come from oil and gas. And so, you know, when I would be in Houston and I would run into somebody from, London, you know, like it's shell and, you know, and, you know, I immediately was like, Do, are you a formula one fan? You know, it was like, I finally had a connection to somebody from a, a sports perspective and now it's almost anyone, you know, and, and, you know, and I'm, I'm meeting more and more people that are just wild, crazy fans, you know, and there, a lot of them are drive to survive fans. You know, I sure. I'm a fan because I, I have young children and, you know, when my son was born in 2007, like what else do you do when you're feeding your child at two o'clock in the morning? It's the only thing on TV before on demand was a thing. And, you know, it's like, you know, my son would be asleep and I would just be like, I'd watch a race. And then, you know, TiVo came along and it was like, oh, wow, I can record it and, you know, watch it in daylight. And, you know, and it, it progressed into just a, a, for me, a huge obsession, but we have a marketing agency in the family. And so, you know, I, I, I pick up on social media. Mm -hmm. There's such a starvation for content related to formula one. It's cause it's my journey was, I was bored at work in 2004 and I just, you know, I was on ESPN and you can only read so much sports news before, like in a day before you're like, yeah, I've got nothing else to look at or do back when I was young and dumb and didn't do anything above and beyond what was required of me. And, you know, and then I came across this formula one thing and the news was like captivating to me. It was like drive to survive on paper. And, yeah. you know, and I educated myself at formula one.com. And, you know, they had all these sections on aerodynamics and tires and drivers and, you know, engines and chassis and all this. But for me now, you know, and during the quarantine, you know, I, I needed to escape from work and, you know, you can only consume so much content when you're stuck at home all day. And, and so I started writing on the business of formula one as an escape and it has exploded because it's an education on the things that you're talking about. You know, it is, you know, this is what's important to business. You know, if I was Lawrence, Lawrence Stroll, this is what I would be doing. You know, if I was yeah. anyone in this role, this is why I would make that decision or, you know, why this decision is getting made. And I just, you, you 
you do content so well and, and branding so well, and you articulate things like a global brand. You know, if, if I'm a global technology company, it makes more sense for me to target Aston Martin and Formula One versus NASCAR. Because if I have clients in London, well, I have to fly them to the US to go to a race right. versus I can fly to, to Europe and I can have an experience with them on their home and, turf. And I think, you know, ironically, outside of the US, I think pretty much nobody follows NASCAR. I mean, it's not even, no one knows the drivers, no, no one knows IndyCar. Um, it's, they're, they're very unknown properties. So, you know, in a very typical American way, like, um, you know, outside of maybe Tom Brady, like most NFL players can walk any city in the world and be unknown. Um, and, you know, we, we've got baseball and, and, and uh, NASCAR and things that are like very U.S. And so I, I think, if you're a global marketing company, you probably, you should, your job should be looking at things that are truly global um, or can ha have a much broader reach. Um, you could be a company that's solely focused in the US right now, but you've got expansion plans to Europe and to Asia. Well, what better way to capitalize on these truly global properties? I think, you know, um, what, what I've found fascinating is I grew up in Italy my first uh, 11 years of life. So in Italy, you pretty much can't, you know, turn 10 feet without Ferrari, Ferrari, Ferrari. And, and it, you know, it's ingrained in you. And, and then I moved to the U.S. I was an 11 year old and like, you know, dark 20, 20 years before you know, F1, probably I'd say 10 years later, but like, it just wasn't on any newspaper. It'd be maybe a little blurb in the back. It wouldn't make the highlights show on the early days of sports center. And, and it just, just incredible to see but not surprising. Like this is something that um, it took the the, the brave uh, and, and smart minds at Liberty Media. Um, you know, I, I think Drive to Survive was like the perfect timing to. Um, and what you've now seen is people wouldn't have stayed watching if it wasn't a compelling sport. In other words. Drive to survive, sure, the drama that can be created between drivers. But if then they're not, if they're tuning in and the races they're watching aren't as thrilling or as exciting, and then being able to sh share that with friends, um, you know, I think turn America is now turned on to something that <laughs> 50 years ago in, in Florence, Italy, I mean, I, I knew this was a big deal, right? But it's it's great to see. So when I say, look, this is 24 Super Bowls happening all around the world, and this is, you know, the most global property uh, out there, uh, brands, um, you know, of all sizes, I think are, are starting to see that. And again, I, I, tech has been one of the sectors that has been more heavily invested. You've seen a lot of tech companies on, on cars as they go by, but I'm, I'm convinced it's really any sector that can take advantage of this. It's, it's like, what are your marketing goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Because everyone's trying to sell something more of whatever it is to a certain segment, whether it's a B2B segment or to a consumer segment. And then how can exposure across truly global property help that? Yeah, That's you simple. know, what's really unique, and I don't, I don't think I fully grasped the content of I guess the context of sponsorship in general and I went to the St. Pete Grand Prix with um with a friend of mine I advise a young driver working his way up IndyCar but I also uh know a sponsor for Andretti and so I was there you know with my wife just kind of uh going around the support series and a friend calls me he's like hey are you are you here you know come check this out and so the previous night I was, I was at dinner with the driver and, you know, I was like, what is the value proposition for a sponsor? Like when you go and you go to a business or a company and you ask for sponsor dollars, like, what are they getting? You know? And he, he was like, I'm putting them in an environment of business to business transactions, you know, they get to experience the whole like support paddock, which is way more accessible than, than the IndyCar level. But, 
what they get is this business to business experience where they're yeah. business owners, other sponsors co-mingling and doing business together. And yeah. I was like, ah, okay, I'm, I'm a business owner. I'm coming here and I'm not really here for business. And right. I went to the Andretti hospitality and I'm having, having lunch with, with the Andrettis and, and sponsors and all that. And people like the only question people were asking is like, what do you do? Here's a business card. What do you do? Here's a business yeah. card. And I had my wife with me with her marketing agency. And I, I think she got customers from that. And <laughs> like, and it was it like clicked for me. And I was like, this is like a, this is like a nuclear arsenal of sales tools here because you're, you're in an environment of extreme passion. You know, this is no like doubt. sitting in a hunting blind with your best friend, you know? Yeah. That's a great analogy. I was actually out with one of my uh, Harvard classmates from years ago, Don Cornwall last night. He's uh, he's many years at Morgan Stanley and then PJT Partners. He's been an iBanker in the sports space and, you know, lot, loads of attention now riveted towards uh, Formula One. And, and you know, he, his exact point was he's gone to, I don't know, dozens of Super Bowls and you, know, you go there, you have to move around town to different parties, and then there's a game where everyone's focused on the game. And you go to a three-day event like Coda, uh, the one you went to in Austin, you've got three days with hours and hours of, of course, exciting driving, but also you're with these people in a, the paddock club or down in the Aston Martin paddock, as an example, or some of the other paddocks. And over the course of three days, you know, oh, I was your night last night. And you just form a, a relationship that is inevitably going to lead to business in, in, in all kinds of different ways. And we're actually seeing one of the cool things um, with the Aston Martin partners is that we really foster a lot of partner to partner interactions and events so that the partners get to uh, co-mingle. So you know, I think a lot of business is being done between the partners and that's been a huge accelerator to their ROI as well. Yeah, that's a quick and easy way to make it a, a viable investment, you know, not yeah. just a an experience for the company, but also, you know. But, you know, I, I've also noticed a migration. I, I don't know if you've seen this as well, like some of the brightest sports minds that I've known in the last 20 years um, moving into this. So, I, I wear Roma, uh, our CEO is a guy named Mark Panis, and now he's, you know, running the Austin track at Coda, um, is a, you know, great, great, uh, great job he does every year. Um, one of my business school classmates was Tom Garfinkel, who's good friends with him. Uh, you know, he handed up Padres, Diamondbacks, Miami Dolphins, CEO of the Dolphins, innovation comes up with the idea for the whole Miami Grand Prix and you know put on a great show there last year but but he's somebody who 20 years ago was a thought leader in the sports space Jeff Slack like I mentioned earlier uh, you know he was CEO at Inter he's done a lot of tech investing and tech startups and again he and uh, Lawrence have taken the business from you know pretty much a startup level to, uh, just three years ago to an incredible growth. You have a, you have a wild acumen for motorsports. Like what, what's your origin story? Like, how did you get into motorsports? So I honestly, I, I know Jeff, um, you know, we both live here in London. Um, I was catching up with him uh, earlier in the year and his passion and excitement and, and some of the growth stories. I was watching the show. I was actually heading to Imola for my first Grand Prix um, earlier this year. So even though I'd been a lifelong fan and I, I you know, when I, I used to live uh, in Italy and not far from Maranello. Uh, so I, I once went to one of the Ferrari um, presentations. So having, you know, access like that, but then hearing Jeff's passion and knowing some of the smart people I mentioned earlier, like Tom and, and Mark, who have been in uh, the, the, the space, you know, it really kind of got my, my wheels turning. And I, I love kind of momentum businesses, uh, growth. I, I think the role um, that was presented to me had that right mix of entrepreneurial um, excitement. So really, uh, you know, how I got into it was, a conversation um, 
you know, I was very happy as chief commercial officer at Statsbomb. Um, my wife's English, so we've been over here for a couple of years to get out of the pandemic hell. And, you know, I've been going to loads of uh, soccer games. And, and uh, obviously that was a, a great uh, success story. Statsbomb has uh, grown very strongly in the uh, data field, uh, essentially powering the data and analytics for um, the likes of uh, Liverpool and helping them win championships. And so I, I always liked the the emerging um, entrepreneurial opportunities that there wasn't such like cookie cutter, like, let's just go do this again. And, 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 you know, when Jeff was describing the needs for somebody on the ground in the U S you know, I kind of raised my hand. I mean, the, uh, opportunity to be back there. Um, so, you know, Boston based and, and uh, I've got, a big network of people in New York, uh, Silicon Valley, uh, Miami, sort of LA, now St. Louis, Ryan, right? Yes. So, yes. you know, I, I, I'd like to think that I'll be, um, you know, around it, certainly all the different races. And, you know, one thing which is exciting and kind of an opportunity is certainly for the right level CEOs and CMOs and heads of brand, like we, you know, we, we love inviting them to races. There's nothing like seeing it and feeling it and experiencing it for yourself. Um, so we reserve kind of a certain number of spots for every race to kind of do that entertaining and, and prospecting. Because um, I think that once somebody comes to that first uh, race and they see the types of people they can interact with and the business that they can generate for themselves, you know, the ideas, whether it's a you know, uh, consumer-oriented party on a beach in Miami, or um, it's a, you know, kind of a private event for CEOs uh, that they're trying to sell to, um, and anything in between, um, their ideas start to uh, kind of flow, and, and, and we like to meet that. I think, I think the environment that makes that type of experience powerful, not just from the business-to-business -business aspect of it, but I think high performing people are always enamored by other high performing people and especially in tech and, and large business, the level of innovation, like when you look at this, it, it looks cool, but you know, as we talked about earlier in the conversation, when, when I was standing next to the, the Aston Martin car at the dealership, the aerodynamic elements that like just sit in the side pod is crazy. I mean, it's about the yeah. only word that I could experience the level of sophistication and innovation that like that goes into just that kind of like grouping of elements. And, you know, the, the floorboard around the rear wheel is like millimeters. You know, my son yeah. was like, what if they run over a rock? Like, I don't even know if it'll fit through there and like shred up the, the floorboard. And you almost have this like realization of how powerful and delicate these machines are. And I, I think anybody with a sense of innovation or, you know, disruption in business just immediately like locks in on these things because the pit crews, the garage, the people, I've not run into one person on this show that is just not locked into winning and performing at the highest levels and on a mission. And to be surrounded by that is, is incredible. I, I, any CEOs are listening, give this guy a call and go experience it for yourself. You'll mind blown. You'll have your logo on the car in no time. It just, it's, yeah. It's I mean, look, we, we like to think, you know, there's, there's so many other kind of things where in American leagues, you know, NBA, NFL, there's a lot of league control. Um, obviously I think we have a lot of team control, which is great. So for example, you mentioned social media elements too. We've created a whole host of different uh, bespoke social media campaigns that essentially 
convey the message for a brand, convey a message to help meet those objectives. It then gets shared globally. Our drivers are part of it. You know, when Tom Brady does a press conference, he's wearing the TB12 hat, right? When when Vettel and Stroll are doing press conferences, they're wearing our sponsor logos and their shirt has our sponsors uh, on there. Um, and that's part of the kind of elements that that people really enjoy here. And, you know, doing a deal or a partnership with ASMR and F1, essentially you're part of the team, right? There's there's a team, there's the engineers, there's the drivers, there's the tech team, there's the sales and marketing, but then there's all of our partners. And we're all kind of sharing that at paddocks at races around the world. Yeah, it is. If anybody's listening, it is also the hardest area to access it. I, I went, to, you know, I told you the IndyCar race, a text message. I'm in the private conference room with the Andretti motorhome. Nothing at Coda. It like you, it, it's like it's on lockdown, and to to be able to experience that is is actually to me a really, really special thing. And anyone listening that ever gets that opportunity, like latch onto that and 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 take it for a ride because it is really really special to to go do that. It's kind of like a movie for fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, for those of you that are watching or have watched Drive to Survive, you know, when they walk through the, the corridor and there's sort of paddock after paddock, I mean, trailers of cars and the drivers and pretty much everyone's walking through there, you know, uh, at Austin, like Brad Pitt's walking by and then the drivers are walking by and, you know, legends of the sport and TV personalities and sponsors are all kind of walking up and down an avenue. Um, but there's a huge difference in the experience that you get within each of those paddocks. So each one of the, you know, and then in, in, in um, the, the buildings that get created or the, the paddocks that the, in, in Europe, I think there's a lot of actual caravans where you can go inside the experience that, that the teams bring to life, you know, Aston Martin is, and Kate probably told you better than I can, the premium experience. You want to walk in there and feel like you're getting, you know, the best food and the best um, kind of uh, uh, furnishings and uh, the feel of, of uh, being in a premium place. And we've had loads of people who've maybe visited others and come back and said, no, no, this is the one we want to be at. So we want to, this is the place we want to hang out in is the Aston Martin paddock. You're, you're the James Bond of the paddock, you know, hey, you know to feel like they're in a, you know, $10,000 suit. You know, we're looking for the next James Bond, Ryan. So you might, you know, have to step in. <laughs> no, I don't have the accent for it. That's that's. I you. don't either. <laughs> Maybe Kate will do it for us. Yes, yes. Does does your role give you experience to the track? I mean, are you going to races and and kind of getting to experience that yourself, or at least work with partners? Yeah. So you know, the role certainly will. Um, my first or second week on the job i was out at silverstone when first off it's incredible how our our offices our headquarters are across the street from you know british uh legends right this is the track this is um you know the one place is kind of there's a bunch of different teams that are headquartered nearby but we're the only one that's in silverstone and right across the street and so having this new center that's being built up is incredible but the day i went there they were doing some test drives and test laps um, for the media and uh you know i just went down there to kind of meet some of the people on the team and talk about potentially u.s events and track days and driving around and you know, nico hulkenberg is in there and he's kind of eating a banana and talking to people and he's just super sociable guy and wish him the best of luck next year. And then, uh, they had the new, um, uh, 707 DBX and, and they were going to take some hot laps of people around, uh, with a experienced driver, not, not some schlep like me. And they asked me if I wanted to pop in the car. So I said, yeah, that sounds like pretty fun. And so I, <laughs> I'm being taken around Silverstone and man, I, I was scared and I wasn't even driving, but uh, it, you get the experience, you know, a fraction of the speed. 
and then you just get a total appreciation of what these guys are doing and the reaction times are doing this in and sometimes in bad weather and poor visibility it's just absolutely mind-boggling and then as far as going to events yeah i mean i think you know next year all the u.s races and and, and montreal and a couple of the other ones uh, certainly kind of on the bucket list is the monaco grand prix so i'm, I'm hoping uh jeff hears that that's plug for the monaco grand prix <laughs> are you i mean are you contained primarily to north america canada u.s yeah ryan contained is a tough word i mean come on we're all citizens of the world here you know i i, I don't i i'd like to think that i'd like to view this much more as bringing us and and american companies to the world and um and vice versa i mean there's there's uh you know there's going to be global brands that want access to the races in the us and and uh you know we're i think over time um we're just at day one as far as staffing up the us um and and what we can do uh, but remember you know like we're we're relatively new team um you know, we, we took over the, the Force India operations a few years ago and, and the amount of turnaround and, um, you know, kind of rebranding of everything has been, has been an incredible rise. And we're, we view ourselves as still very much day one. And then what's going to happen next year and the year after is just really thrilling. So partners and, and fans who join us now really are part of a journey. Uh, we view this as like an exciting journey and that they get to come in at the beginning, right? And they get to experience what it's like to to build up um, and, uh, you know, to, to, to a winning team. So that's really kind of an exciting part along the way with the name Aston Martin associated with it. By the way, that would have been my exact answer to my boss to justify trips all over the world as the head of North America. <laughs> <laughs> you have to unite everyone. Come on. Unite guys. everybody. Yes. <laughs> Although I, th I don't think my wife wants me schlepping off to 24 different races or, um, you know, that, that, that would lead to much chaos. It, it is one of those things where, you know, people don't, don't really can't probably fathom the amount of travel some of the folks do on our team you know we have a partnership team we've got events team we've got obviously all the people in the garage and and technicians and engineers you know they're going they're going from pretty much end of february until end of november um and it's like who's your family <laughs> it's the people at the track <laughs> I had I had Seb's trainer on the show two weeks ago, and we were talking specifically about that because I travel a ton, you know, and, and I'm 2023 is going to be another ramp up year for travel for me. And we were specifically going through, you know, the the travel regimen of just jet lag reduction and, and being able to perform and adjust to time zones. And, you know, I think people forget okay. that you know, I don't care if you're on a private jet or a commercial jet, it's still travel or a hotel versus my house. Like I'll always pick my house and, you know, my, my wife next to me, my dog, my kids in the morning, like it's, it's hard, you know, and, and you, you have to do a lot of really, really intentional things to be able to keep up with that. I, it's going to be an interesting year next year for, for the sport. I think that's the most races they've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think they're, the exciting thing is the growth and, and you know, everybody um, rises with the high tide, so to speak, right? So uh, yeah, the, the amount of eyeballs flowing in directly translates to money. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of sensitivity to tough business um, things that are happening in the economy and in the world. Uh, so all of us, I think, feel very lucky to be part of something that is growing and rising and exciting. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, a huge part of Aston Martin's mission and is around um, inclusivity. Uh, you know, we do a lot of things around um, uh, you know, to support um, 
anti-discrimination. We do a lot of things that are very progressive on the people front, on gender inclusion. Um, and, and, you know, I think part of that is the sensitivity to everything that's happening in the world out there. So, you know, we're, we're one of the brands that people can associate with to that also is doing a lot of things for the environment. Obviously, that's been a big uh, point of contention in general with F1, but, but a lot of things that we're doing, this new technology center, you know, kind of the, the green edict uh, that is coming forth in that is, is really kind of shining through. And so I think a lot of the, the corporate uh, folks out there, they want to associate with somebody that's doing good for the world, uh, whether it's through the environment or for people and inclusion and um, diversity uh, are, are really kind of gravitating towards us as well. You know what I think I love about this sport uh, from a from a from exactly that the the diversity the inclusion is at this level it is a meritocracy it has to be a meritocracy and I think the only way that you can achieve true meritocracy you know and we're not talking like are you the best calculus student in the engineering class but are you that, but also are you creative? Can you work around the rules? You know, can you, can you think outside of the box? But to truly have that, you can't just say like, we're only white men because my wife is way smarter than I am. And, you know, like, I just, I think that you really have to have to like put that out and I think Formula One is is doing a really really good job of that now and I mean I, they probably have been for quite a while I think it's really really noticeable now I I mean I'd beg to say 75 percent of the people that I talk to on this show are women and you right. know and they're all they're not like a janitor you know these are the heads yeah. of whatever role that is within the team. And, and I think that that is a true testament to the sport, not only talking about it, because look, you know, as well as I do in the business world, it's really easy to talk about that stuff and not do it. And people yeah. just, they're like, oh, they're talking about it. So they must be doing it. The sport's actually doing it. You guys are doing it. I, I, I pick up yeah. on that on LinkedIn all the time. Well, I mean, just to use my own wife as an example, you know, lawyer works for Sienna Blue Planet, and she doesn't watch NFL and uh, with me and, you know, pretty much hates on the soccer games that I watch. But, you know, one day I was like, listen, I think you'd like this. And we turn on Drive to Survive, and she's the one who's hooked on it and saying, like, let's watch the next episode, and I'll stay up another hour later. And, you know, now she's asking me about qualifying, and we'll watch the races together. So, you know, I think when this role uh, kind of materialized, I think having her support and push and, you know, the move back to the U.S., I think it's all tethered to the fact that loads of very intelligent, uh, motivated, smart people of all uh, genders and, and, and races are, are flocking to it as well. Yeah, I, I, my wife and I have always talked about, you know, I just, I, I love this sport. And, you know, of course, I, I can't get too involved in it now just because I have teenagers. And, but we, we have talked like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like when we're empty nesters, you know, and it was like, I'm going to be in the sport, you know, and, and I envision a time when you and I are traveling the world, going to races for, you know, whatever, whatever that role is. I don't know. I'd love to be a team boss. I love the pressure and the chaos and <laughs> everything that goes with that. It's like my happy place. Like when it's calm and relaxed, I actually am quite uncomfortable. And so, um, but whatever that role is, I do, I do see, you know, maybe it's a path where, where the sport can start pulling in family members to kind of alleviate some of that travel stress. Cause I'm not really, I don't really know if the A, the A team B team works, you know, with a rigorous schedule like that, because I do think that people generally, I don't know, you look at baseball players, you know, and they have to adjust each shoulder. It's like this 
this <laughs> ritual that they have. I think, you know, there, some of that probably resides in motorsports too. And, and so, um, I just, it is such a family sport. When I went, was at Coda, there are families there, you know, there are husbands, there are wives, there are boyfriends, girlfriends, there are kids, you know, and I know my kids, we are mapping out a schedule for the three races for next year, where my wife goes to a race, my son goes to a race and my daughter goes to a race, you know, just cause they're all, are you the constant in all three? Are you going yeah. along for all? <laughs> I have this. Oh, I mean, I listen, be, yeah, exactly. Know? It's work. It's work, man. It is. Uh, well, I <laughs> uh, look forward to uh, meeting up at, at those and, and St. Louis and, and other uh, opportunities. I mean, you know, Montreal, don't, don't forget that one. That's massive and has great heritage and pretty accessible as well. Yeah, I, I definitely am going to start out in the U S and I, I, probably will definitely acclimate I have a huge Italian family you know and I know we are we are also working on a trip to kind of combine going to see family as well as obviously a race um, yeah the the temple of speed but um yeah I'm the constant we're 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 gonna go i think one time before we die we want to go to every race in the season just kind of follow the awesome follow the motorhome i don't i don't know if we have time for that Our grandkids will probably come before that and we'll find another reason to stick around and chalk up your freaking freaking fire miles at that point too yeah yeah i'm i'm still burning through them from 2019 i i mean i've traveled most of my career and uh you know, I've learned, learned to travel well, but so, so just kind of in wrapping up for the glitz and glam end of it, like what's been your pinch me moment and being with the team? I know, I know you probably mentioned going around the track, but what. I, I've literally only been here a month, but I'd say the pinch me moment was the race I went to in Imola, which was, you know, a few months back. And, um, I think the pinch me moment was it's like 10 minutes before the start of the race and I'm in the actual garage uh, with um, the partner services, guest services team led by Jessica Clayton that day. And it starts to rain and we're standing like 10 feet away from Vettel and Stroll's cars and they both come in and, you know, visible, I think everyone, every team on the grid is probably going through similar stress because you're, you're talking about switching out parts of delivery and parts of the uh, tires. And they're looking at uh, stuff on screens that I couldn't even tell you what they're looking at. But I'm like, this is, you know, the, the analogy I'd give is sort of like being, you know, playoff game in the NFL, you're in the locker room and it's like 10 minutes before and the coach is going through kind of the, the, you know, game plan. And you can't do that in any other sport. So being inside a garage before a major Grand Prix, just 10 minutes before, and, you know, major changes are happening because of weather changes. That was pretty, pretty much a pinch me moment. And I think that everyone who is in our partnership group and sponsorship group and part of the team, you know, that has experienced, you know, way more things like that, um, that that's just kind of a, one of those thrills and you're really when I say you're part of the team like you're literally part of even the minutes right before Grand Prix or right after Grand Prix um, right there face to face that 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 to me sounds fun I you know I I'm both drivers got that. points that day so I brought luck <laughs> there we go Ryan do it again you tell Tell, tell Mike, say, every time I'm in the garage, we score points. You know, you're awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, I really, I really, really appreciate you coming on here. I, you know, like I told you when we started here, I, I'm like looking at my notes and I feel like we could just sit and unpack each of these even deeper. And anytime that you were in St. Louis, send me an email. I will take you out for a cup of coffee. And uh, there's lots of amazing places here in St. Louis, especially where, where you would be. And uh, definitely connect and unpack some of this stuff or hang out at a race. 
Sounds great. Now it's uh, love, love that city. And I, my son's at WashU. I mentioned that. So I'll be there quite a bit in the next two and a half years while he's still there. <laughs> is he, is he following in his mother's footsteps with law school? Oh, no, no. He's, uh, he's actually social media guy. Like he wants to do, you know, TikTok and content production. So uh, I actually was the head of digital at Roma running a social media team. So maybe that inspired him, but who knows? You know, hey, he's also yeah. 19. <laughs> we have a social media fastest growing in St. Louis. So there you go. If he needs, if he needs internships or a job when he graduates, you send me an email. <laughs> I, I might take you up on that. <laughs> they, they, they manage all my, so, you know, I just do this and then I file it up and send it off, you know, and they manage it all. And, and, and the guy that does it is a huge IndyCar fan, you know, so when I get an IndyCar guest on here, he goes nuts. And um, right. so it would be nice to have a formula one fan and, and formula one connections inside the business. So, yeah. Well, yeah, one of my earliest exposures into motorsports was uh, one of my best friends was the head of marketing at IndyCar, um, Ivan Cropper, and uh, took me to the 100th running of the uh, Indy 500. So I got to experience that as well. Um, and then, you know, completely different scale is now seeing what the Grand Prix are around the world. So, you know, I think, I think obviously that's the crown jewel of the IndyCar season. And then to see that's their Super Bowl, right? But but the other yeah. races, the races, and then you see 24 Super Bowls. Like it's like an Indy 500 every weekend with, you know, kind of the global uh, engine that, that that comports. So With, by the way, the best fans, <laughs> hands down. I, you know, we were at Coda and, around turn one right before the race start is like shoulder to shoulder fans standing up you know against the fence and everybody is so nice they step out of the way if you're trying to get through you know nobody's complaining nobody's freaking out you know it's and everyone is cheering everyone is cheering everyone and it's like fans of motorsport attend these events versus like, you know, rabid max fans or Vettel fans or whoever. Yeah. They're just, they love the, the environment that they're in. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, one of the interesting things I've found too, is that you know, if you sponsor, I don't know, the, the Yankees, well, all the Red Sox fans are going to hate you. Right. And I think the totally different thing that's happening with, uh, like you said, this this spirit of camaraderie amongst even the drivers, but also um, it's it's almost viewed like a traveling rock concert or circus that that packs up and goes to another city. And the stars are these twenty drivers that you've seen on Drive to Survive. And you know, it's not necessarily that people, especially in America, didn't grow up lifelong fans of one team or another. Um, so you know, really, it's it's guys like myself the job is to kind of impress you like why you should care and why you should show more passion towards one team versus another. And I think, you know, the more things that we can do that are, um, you know, environmentally conscious or inclusive of people of all backgrounds, the more things we can do, um, like you said, you know, the social media and uh, quality of production, the brand, what we stand for, winning, um, all those things will, will help us get to that objective yeah and formula one will do it i uh, you you mentioned it before liberty media has done a stellar job of taking this behemoth and just throwing gasoline on it i mean it just i love bernie and what he did for the sport and just kind of his wily entrepreneurial attitude but Liberty Media has really, really taken the reins and made it something powerful and something for people like me to just kind of, you know, latch on and um, have a, a very, very unique fan experience. You know, not every day we get to talk to the head of North America for Aston Martin and make a friend in the process. And 
a coffee drinking partner and there we go just enjoy <laughs> so man I, I again i really appreciate it you are always welcome on the show anybody in your your team is welcome aston martin as a whole has been just absolutely a stellar organization for for me because you guys have been so uh accessible uh for for me and coming on the show and you know it's that's a rare that's a rare thing for very very busy people to do is to take the time and, and engage the fan base so thank you for it. having me appreciate it enjoy okay well thanks ryan 